SBR, the people's pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliffy Joe. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone is doing well. We wanted to let you know that next week will be our last pod for a bit as the NBA season closes up shop. SBR will also close up its season two and go on a summer break, I guess <laughs> you could want to say. <laughs> but I think we wanted to give you a little bit of open and transparent you know, behind-the-curtain look. You know, we've had a steady stream of listeners, the SBR faithful. You who are listening right now, we're incredibly grateful for. However, kind of the added complexities of COVID life have really put a strain on our ability to edit and promote and even record. So we've kind of come to a bit of a crossroads. So we love this pod, and we want to keep it going, but understand at the current rate, we're kind of headed towards a burnout. So we are going to open up a Patreon. And all the funds will go directly into the podcast to keep it alive and well and thrive. Hopefully, this will lead to timely edited podcasts, short clips on YouTube, and more content for you all to binge on. So thanks for sticking with us through this infancy stage of the pod. And we're going to do whatever we can to continue to bring you into the chaos that is the psyche of Joe and I <laughs> every single week. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add a little bit to that. Um yeah, I mean, I think if not for COVID, we'd be fine. But um, man, COVID life is just kind of diff. It's kind of different. I, I'm sure you guys all um, feel it too. It's particular if your parents. Uh, right. There's a lot of lot going on with the kids. Um, yeah, so I mean, Cliff and I, we have so many things we want to do. So many more things. Like we would love to get the pod out faster. We'd love to do kind of more video clips and things like that. We, I mean, we had all these ideas. Man, that Clipper. That Clipper curse, there were so many things we wanted to do. We wanted to put, <laughs> like, Orochimaru on LeBron's face and just, or LeBron's face on Orochimaru's body and show the ghosts and, you know, do do some references and things. Like, we'd love to we'd love to move the, the Krillin bald cap from uh, Kyle Lowry's face to uh, Paul George's face. That would be amazing. But <laughs> it's the kind of things we just don't have the bandwidth to do um, the way we're constructed now. So I think... We we want to explore if this is a possibility. If not, I mean, we probably will just end up kind of closing it out, you know, um, sometime sometime kind of soon in the future. But um, if I think we get enough support to actually get help, <laughs> that would be huge for us, and and we could kind of keep this going. Yeah, so we'll put uh, that information in our podcast details. But again, thanks everyone for the journey. This has been awesome, and we want to hopefully so much. this hopefully won't be the end. Mm, yeah, but yeah. Regardless, thank you guys so much. It's been it's been really awesome doing this. All right, let's get into it. We got to talk. Starting up, Jimmy buckets. Bringing the pain to the Lakers after dropping 40-11-13-2-2. Oh, my goodness. 70% from the field without a three. Oh, my goodness. Closing the game, Jimmy is seen yelling, they're in trouble. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> the Lakers lose by 11, and the Heat have made it a series. Now trailing the finals one game to two as of this recording. LeBron was seen walking off the court before the game ended. So, Joe, all day or cray-cray, are the Lakers in trouble? Cray-cray. <laughs> it's cray-cray. <laughs> I, look, I, 
I knew they would win game three. <laughs> I was at church after church, turned to one of our, our guys, and I was like, yeah, the Heat are going to win today, you know, <laughs> because Jimmy Butler is not going out like that. No. He's not the type of guy to get swept no. in the finals. They made it all the way here, and you know this team. Like, their back's against the wall. They're be- they're the best when their back's against the wall. You know, they like it. They like that kind of pressure. And um, they trailed in almost every game against the Celtics. Yeah. They've trailed throughout the play. Like, they've had... They've been bad in, like, the first half of almost every game of the entire playoffs. But they always like, improve towards the end of the game. Yeah, they turn it up. They have another gear of just effort and passion and hustle. And you see it coming out. Obviously, Jimmy Butler embodies that. And he's the typical – I mean, he's the prototypical, excuse me, uh, feel-your-way-into-a-game guy. Right. He's not a huge – you know, six gear from from the first quarter kind of guy. I think that is one of the things that prevents him from getting into that that upper upper tier. But this game, he was that. He definitely did that. He turned it on from the get go. He had nineteen six and six, I think, in the first half. Ended with forty eleven and thirteen, and he Jeez. just shot amazing. I mean, he he was amazing in that game. However, the talent gap is too big. If the Lakers lose this series. With no Bam and no Goron? I mean, granted, I didn't have a ton of conviction in my seven-game thing. <laughs> Even when I made it, I'm still – I'm not. that's not an excuse, you know? It's like I'm sticking by it for now. But, I mean, that's even with a healthy Bam and a healthy Goron. They don't even – in the first game, their three best guys were hurt <laughs> in game one because Jimmy also, uh, you know, uh, turned his ankle. So, I mean – that's that's crazy. If the Lakers lose when the other teams top two of the top three guys are out and even the top guys like not a hundred percent, that is pathetic. Like that is straight up pathetic. That is terrible. So I just can't see that happening. If Anthony Davis is not in foul trouble, you know, if he just plays normal, they win the game. So I think it's great. It would be a catastrophic loss. Oh, it would be like way worse than the Cl- what the Clippers did. But I, I, I think it, that was bad. But I think about Miami 2011 against the Mavs, and I oh, think, oh yeah, and I think that's it's Dirk over. with a bunch of nobodies. This is Jimmy Butler with some somebodies that all got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, it's like this team is definitely worse than that Mavs team. I mean, with Bam and Goron hurt. I mean, who's your even your second best guy without those guys? Is Tyler Hero a rookie? Is it really Tyler Hero? He's shooting like 35% mm-hmm. in the final so far. Mm-hmm. And even Kendrick with that, Nunn? Like Kelly Olinick? I mean, Kendrick Nunn hasn't even played in the playoffs. All of a sudden, he has to play. Thrust into Olenek? the spotlight. Olinic, all of a sudden, Olinic. I mean, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, like journeyman. It's no, it's crazy, dude. But I gotta give credit to Iguodala. He's been in six finals in a row now. Yeah, and that guy just knows how to just play when it matters. He was huge against the Celtics in the last game, in Game Six, and he just he just knows what he's doing when he's on the court. That that's why this would be catastrophic because oh, like yeah. that Miami team they had. You know, Wade, LeBron, and Bosch. 
This team has Wade and Anthony Davis. <laughs> and not Wade and LeBron and, LeBron Anthony, and Davis. Anthony Davis. No, yeah. I mean Anthony Davis it, it's like yeah, it was it would be like if in that series it was LeBron and Dirk together and then the other team's best player was Chris Bosh. Like yeah, it was Chris Bosh. <laughs> And if Chris Bosh took that Dallas team to beat LeBron and Dirk together, that would just be ridiculous. That would just be ridiculous. <laughs> That's the magnitude of the talent gap here. You know, when Skip Bayless said, oh, congratulations, LeBron. This is the easiest road to a championship you'll ever have. It's true. It's true. It's true. So all, true. This, one- all this positioning for him to be the underdog against the evil corporation of Miami – that's just like, why? Why do you need to hedge your bets on this, of all things? Just go and win. But here's the thing, though. If the Miami Heat start game four well, oh, it, it, there's something there. There's some magic if there. It's, if it's less than a 10-point lead for the Lakers in the fourth quarter, oh, it's it's, t- it's time. <laughs> it's time to get nervous. If you're a Laker fan, it's time to get nervous. It's time to be like, no, no, no. Don't do this what LeBron and Anthony Davis did at the press conference. Don't do this. Oh, we're fine. Everything's no. going to be good. Nothing to worry no. about. If it's fourth That's quarter not what you and, say. It's a, and it's an eight-point game, oh, you better get nervous. <laughs> you better be like, hey, do not play Danny Green right now. Like, we better get the right lineup right now. Whoever's hot today better be in, better be on the floor at the end of the game. Because we can't the, – the margin is going to shrink dramatically if that is the scenario in game four. Uh, I think something that was striking to me about Jimmy Butler, and then you kind of mentioned it and posted it on our page, was how he responded in the interview process compared to how LeBron responds in the interview process. Jimmy Butler – guys, Jimmy Butler is a leader. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. I mean, every single question, he this guy's only focused on three things. Three things. One, giving credit to his teammates. Two, or actually not just his teammates, the coaching staff, his tra- he, he gave credit to his trainer by name, he called him out. Like, just giving credit to other people. Okay, and downplaying himself. Like, they kept saying, dude, you just had the game of your life. Like, all this kind of stuff. How rewarding is that? How does that feel? Does it make you feel good? And he's just like, nah. Like, I don't care. Because, one, he gets credit to his teammates. He kept saying, if they make it easy for me, they hit the the open shots, they make it so they can't double-team me, or if they do, then I just kick it to them. I mean, that's amazing. Two, inspiring confidence. Right, because he's just saying repeatedly, you know, we don't feel like we're underdogs. We're here to win. We feel like we can win this series, you know. And then he's like, Duncan's got to have a good game. You know, he's going to have a good game one of these games. Like, he's going to hit six threes one of these. He said that in the thing. Tyler Hero, he was built for this. Like, you know, this is nothing to him. He's, he knows how to do this. Like, that's just inspiring confidence in your teammates. It's not self-aggrandizing, right? It's not like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. You know, I come out here. <laughs> That's just what I do. I come out here and I just dominate because I'm built for this and I can carry them. My shoulders are that big. You know, it's like not that, right? I mean, it's not that. It's not, oh, I'm so great that I can do it. He's like, nah, I'm 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 nothing, you know? That's humility, right? And then the third thing, winning. 
It's all about winning. This guy is not happy to be here in the finals. He's not like, oh, wow, this is a great accomplishment getting to the finals. Only two teams every season get to the finals. Did you know that? Hey, reporter, did you know that? <laughs> Only two teams get to the finals every season. So you're one of those guys, top 30 guys every season. <laughs> and, you know, I want to be, be one of those guys that carries my team to the finals every year. No, 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 no. Not Jimmy Butler. He's like, I'm here to win. Okay, this is nothing. I'm not happy to win a game. I'm not happy to have a 40-point triple-double in the finals. I'm not happy to be leading this series when there's Anthony Davis and LeBron James in this series to be leading it in points per game, to be leading it in field goal percentage, to be leading it in assists. I don't care about that. I don't care about those stats. I want to win. <laughs> this this guy's amazing. This guy's amazing. That's how you do an interview. That should be like film. Kyrie, KD, LeBron, they should study film of Jimmy Butler. <laughs> He's the prototypical guy that takes a good team to a great team. You know, and yes. LeBron's the type of guy that takes a bad team to a good team. To a good Bo team. Both yeah. those things are different. Both those things are important, you know, but you're kind of one of two, two guy. Oh, well, I guess you're, you also tape a good team to a bad team or a great team to <laughs> <laughs> great team to a bad team. I guess there's the other way. But, like, LeBron can take any any guys off the street and turn it into a playoff team. Like, that's his, yeah, that's his superpower. Absolutely he can. Do that. can. Yeah. Jim. He could go to any team in the league right now and make them a player. Which team. is insane. It, that's an insane skill, right? Jimmy Butler, it didn't work in, in Minnesota. That's because they weren't a good team. <laughs> it didn't work no. in Philly. It, he tried, but the pieces didn't want to be great. Well, I mean, I'd say he he did a good job in Philly. He did the best. I mean, they went seven games with the champ with the cha eventual. Did the chance. best they ever have. I mean. Look what they did without him. I, I mean, yeah. you know, they had injuries. It's not really just all about Jimmy. But even the season, they were so disappointing. Even the regular season, when they were all healthy, they just weren't clicking. They were losing all their important games. It just, they weren't the same. Miami did not make the playoffs last season. Not for a lack of trying. And now they are in the NBA Finals. They're in the freaking Finals, man! <laughs> They're a five seed! <laughs> They're a five seed! and And they're... They, they're down 2-1, but they have momentum right now, which is just insane to say. And he just single-handedly won a game with two of his three best – with two of the three best players. Against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They were the 10th seed. The 10th seed last year. They had a worse record than the Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets. Oh gosh. This is just crazy, man. And he brought him back. He's, he's, he's incredible. I mean, you can't give enough credit to this guy. You you just you can't give enough credit to this guy. He's by the way, just for the finals, he's 29, 10, 7, 58% shooting, 40% from three, 90% from the line. He's 50, 40, 90 in the finals, averaging 29 points, 10 assists, seven rebounds, three turnovers, 1.7 steals. This guy's a Amazing. So this is the thing, right? This is the thing that – one of the things that you mentioned that needed to happen perfectly for Miami to win. Yes. And this part yes. is happening. But it they is lost happening. Goran and Bam. <laughs> they lost Goran and Bam. Bam's not even – so one of the things also was that Bam had yeah. to play he well, right? but he's not even he can't playing. Play. He's putting up zero <laughs> stats. <laughs> 
he's not even playing. So that, uh, it's tough. Uh, but one of my favorite things that came out today in the press in the presser, they they talked about his you know forty eleven thirteen game triple double game with forty points, and they were like, was this you know given the stakes your best game you ever played? And Jimmy was like, nah, you know it's one of them. But you know my best game was in high school when I played a bunch of forty five year old dudes. I dominated that game. <laughs> Oh, he's the best, man. He's so he's good. The uh, he's, he's the so best. He's the freaking best. Did you see his interview with uh, on TNT with Charles no. Barkley? Or not TNT. It was NBA. Oh, about his hair? Dude, it was like so whack. Like Charles was saying all these like ridiculous things. He didn't even ask a question like the first thing. And Jimmy just sat there and he was like. That's not a question. Like, yeah, that's not a question. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He is he is great. He he's awesome. He was like, "What's big coffee?" And he's like, "It's big face coffee." <laughs> and he's like, "It's twenty dollars a cup." Charles Barkley was like, "Twenty dollars a cup? Like that's too expensive." And he goes, "He goes, don't buy it then. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is this is too good. He's the best. He's he, he's the best. <laughs> All right, moving on to the. I guess the more tighter race in the NBA Finals, <laughs> the race right. for Finals MVP. AD versus LeBron James. A lot of things are shaking out here. Uh, Joe, let me ask you, all day or cray-cray, LeBron James is the Finals MVP. Oh, gosh. It's, it's so cray-cray. It just frustrates me. That people don't see how LeBron just pads his stats. Guys, game two, we were up like 30 points. And this guy played until under two minutes in the fourth quarter. He tried so hard to get the triple-double. Like, he was trying so hard. How how do people not see that? Why is he in the game? What? on earth are you and the thing is jimmy butler he left the game with like five minutes left. it was over it was way over goron and bam aren't even playing what the heck why is lebron and ad both of them like why are they still in the game but if they had both left when jimmy left ad had way better stats (laughs) ad was doing way better because he was just chilling towards the end lebron and then the thing is he's in the game until under two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he's still shooting every shot. Why are you shooting every shot, LeBron? Why is the ball in your hands every play? Isn't this the time when you should get, like, Markeef going or Kuz going? You know, like, get the other guys some shots, get them to get their confidence up. You know, isn't this where you should give extended minutes to KCP and Danny Green, make sure their shot is still good, like, let them get some stats, let them feel good about being in the finals, and, like, that's the, that's the whole point of garbage time, you know? I mean, Frank Vogel, what are you doing? Like, shouldn't you be like, we gotta find out if we have other things, if there's other lineups we can use, if there's other matchups that are favorable for us? I mean, it's just insane. I feel like LeBron is just whispering all over the place. <laughs> I have to get this finals MVP. Like, he's just everywhere. He's just genjutsu'd everybody. The announcers aren't even saying anything. Why aren't you saying anything? This guy's in for three minutes after the other team's best player has left, and you have, like, a 25-point lead. How come nobody's like... How come Mark Jackson's like, 
you know, I don't know why LeBron's still in the game right now. Like, why aren't they saying that? He, I, I, it's just nuts. It makes no sense. Just to summarize, Anthony Davis has been good when we needed him. When the games, like I said last time, whenever the it's important and we actually need a bucket when it's getting close, Anthony Davis. Right. <laughs> Almost always. LeBron does once in a while. I'm not going to say he never does. But usually Anthony Davis carries those rallies and those runs. And whenever we're up 10 or 20, LeBron just scores like crazy. He gets, like, tons of layups. He's all of a sudden hitting threes. Check his threes, guys. He always makes threes when we're up 20. He always misses threes, like, in game three when it's important and we actually need those buckets. Okay. Let, let me let me just – to add on to that. <laughs> LeBron James, 12 points on nine attempts in the first half of that game. In the fourth mm. quarter – 10 points on 11 shots. He shot more up 30. Oh you're, talking about, you're talking about game, game two. two. This is game, game two. The blowout, the blow guys, out. when we were just when destroying they were, When the- they were up 30 points, LeBron James shot 11 times. <laughs> and in the first half, when the game was close, he shot nine times. And he, didn't, he wasn't shooting that he well. He wasn't shooting. Well, he, was, he, was, he, he wasn't okay. shooting. He, Five for nine. He okay. was five for nine. He was four for uh, – wasn't he four for nine? Oh, okay, he was, maybe he was four five for nine. Uh, he ended yeah, the mean... game. <laughs> oh, my God. He ended the game with 33 points. <laughs> that makes no sense in a blo- – why are you taking all the sh- – guys, just in case, just in case you didn't believe me when I said LeBron James is a front runner. Okay. Now, can he come back? Did he come back? Yeah, he did one time. He came back one time. He came back two times. There were two times when I saw what LeBron James should have been his whole career. It's 2007 against the Pistons when he was amazing. Okay. That's what I thought LeBron James was going to be for the next 12 years. I thought he ascended. But no. But no. I thought he he unlocked Super Saiyan 3. Because the very next year he was super disappointing, and then the following year again he was he wasn't They're that like... good. And then the following year he was really bad in 2010. Stats were still good. If you only look at the box score and you didn't watch the game, you'd be like, oh, teammates are like, hey, can you go Super Saiyan three right now? He's like, oh, I forgot how to. <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> Did you? Don't you just unlock it? Yeah, didn't you? Yeah, don't you have don't it you now? Have, no, you already, you, yeah, you, you, did, you it. did it. You did it before. You did it's it like, though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He's (laughs) Brawly. And then he sees Trunks coming on. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, he's from the future. He has a sword. What what am I going to do? He's probably really strong. LeBron is bigger than everyone. I've said this, uh, and I still believe it. He has the greatest physical gifts of any athlete I've seen in any single sport. Maybe Ever. like Bo Jackson is up there, but he doesn't have the height. I think Serena's up there, so, dominance wise. S- yes, in her sport, right? But physic, just like physicality, LeBron is yeah, bigger. But, He's as fast yeah. as Leandro Barbosa. He's as strong as Dwight Howard. He jumps as high as Vince Carter. He could. He's you yeah. put together all yeah, the physical. It's like yeah. us when we did daycare playing against sixth graders. That's. <laughs> What it's like. <laughs> That's what it should That's be like. That's what it yeah. should be like. 
But then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, like you take a couple jump shots here and it's like missing. And then the kids are like winning. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. You got to foul him a little bit. <laughs> you got to knock that sixth grade kid down a little bit. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Sorry, Tyler. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting mad at you. Like, I'm bad. like, block that, man. Block it. Block it. My bad. My bad. Start dunk- dunking it a little bit harder. Sorry, Miss Dunn. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, dunking's not allowed. Oh, gosh. But, okay, here's one. Here's a stat for you. During these playoffs, wins and loss splits between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron in wins, 28, 10-8, 74% from the free throw line. Losses, 25-11-11. He's averaging a triple-double in losses. In losses. Mm. With 65% free throw percentage. So his free throw percentage goes down. You've talked about this. LeBron James putting up these numbers doesn't really change the outcome of the game that much. But let me read Anthony Davis. Anthony Davison wins 30-10-4, 50% from three. In losses, 24-8-1, 15% from the three-point line. I know that's easy to say, oh, Anthony Davis just needs to play better. He just needs to play right. better. But these things are right. happening in tandem. LeBron and AD are on the same team, okay? So when LeBron's right. putting up triple doubles, you know what that does for Anthony Davis? It pushes him all the way out to the yeah. three-point line again. Yeah. LeBron is doing more and forcing the ball out of AD's hands. When the ball is in AD's hands, he does more with it. 30 points, four assists. But without the ball, right. 24 points, one assist. And he shoots worse from the three-point line. When LeBron is getting him the perfect passes where he needs it to be, it's worse. Like, uh, you guys see it though, right? Like, you know, because you could, when you watch the game, you can see it. Uh, game two, case in point, game two, when LeBron was going crazy, taking all those shots, right? Padding his stats, we were losing. <laughs> like, we were losing the lead. We were killing we them. Were we were 30. up so much. We were up 30. LeBron. And then LeBron kept pressing like he wanted stats. We're down to you 17. Can, it's like you can see it. Yeah, the lead dwindled away while he was doing that. It just slowly dwindled away. And they kept hanging around. You know, they kept it kept getting like 20 and then under 20. Yeah, like 19, 17, and then it would go back up to 20. But it's like, I bet you if we just put in the reserves when we had the 30-point lead, it never would have gotten under 20. Yeah, we would have 25. Yeah. They would have scored a little bit. We would have scored a little bit. And the thing is, too, they kind of would have just gave up. Yeah. Like, you know, and I I, I know it's like the heat and all that. But let's be honest. The first two games of this series, they were shell-shocked. They weren't ready. I mean, game one, they came out not ready. I mean, they came out, like, kind of ready, like, in the beginning. But once they got hit a little bit. And, and then, then disaster of course, the injuries struck. happened. Yeah, of course, the injuries happened. And they just didn't know what to do. And then game two, they didn't have their best players. So they were just, they were going to lose And no then game what, three, basically. Jimmy said, I'm going to put you on your back. Don't worry. Yes. And they won. No, you know what he said? Because Jimmy doesn't say stuff like that. Jimmy said, we're going to yeah. win today. We all right. That's we, what he we said. All right. He said, he said, we're going to win. And they won. And... I mean, I think I think it's clear that AD is the MVP because he does all the important things and his th- the good things that he does correlate to winning as you just pointed out. 
you know, when we run the offense through AD, we are a much, much better team. Just plain and simple. And oftentimes, when LeBron's not on the court, this is weird because usually this doesn't happen on LeBron James' teams, and it really wasn't the case during the regular season. But throughout the playoffs, when LeBron hasn't been on the court, we've kind of been fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there haven't been times where like LeBron left and then all of a sudden we're just like falling apart. It's like, no, nah, just run it through AD. And Rondo, Rondo's huge because he's playmaking a lot. But as long as you have Rondo and AD out there and then Kuzma's doing a little bit and then, you know, Marquise's doing a little bit and Dan Green sucks, dude. <laughs> this guy is just tra- – when he shot well game one, I was like, that's not going to last. <laughs> like, there's no way that's going to last. And for all the hate on Kuzma, like there's this Twitter poll trying to deny Kuzma of a ring because he did a, oh you know, magic of the past. Yeah. He's the third best scorer on the team right now. Guys, again, case in point, right? This is another thing I said, right? This is what happens when you invest in guys like KCP and Danny Green. What did they do in game three when we actually needed them? It's easy to hit shots when you're dominating. Everybody's loose. That's what LeBron does. He hits all his threes when we're up 10 or more points. When it gets tight and you actually need a bucket and AD's in foul trouble, who did they turn to? Kuzma. It was Kuzma. It's He's Kuzma, and who actually stepped up? Yeah, Kuzma actually stepped up. Uh, credit to Markeith Morris, because he al- he also has that personality, and he stepped up. But look, where was KCP? And where's... Yeah, where's KCP? And where's 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 uh, Danny Green? Like, where are these Eighth guys? Who in, yeah, who in game one, you're like, oh, Kuzma sucks, and Danny Green and KCP, they're awesome. No, when we actually need them. Nobody needs you in that situation. When Andy and LeBron are dominant, you could throw anybody out there, okay? You could literally throw anybody out there, and we'll be good. When they're struggling, though, because nobody plays well all the time, that's when we need other guys to step up. That's when you actually – that's when Kuzma shows how valuable he is. These people just Third need to in like... scoring on the Lakers, <clears throat> seventh in minutes. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And, again, he's – like, just give him some – give him a leash. You know, give him a slightly longer leash, and he'll find his way into a game. If you give him these five-minute bursts – and he gets, you know, two shots. It's just, who can find a rhythm like that? Really, very few players can find a rhythm like that. And a guy like Kuzma, who's look, he's not a role player. He's not a catch and shoot guy. Although I've never seen him shoot this many corner threes. He's of just course. the Brandon Ingram. Of yeah, like he's seen, like he has been relegated to that cell in the corner where he has to stay in that tiny box. Credit to him though, he cuts a lot and he gets, you know, yeah, he, gets back he, he doesn't and he gets layups and stuff. And that's that's <laughs> that's why it's probably why he gets that's, pulled. that's why LeBron's his crew, his cronies, are posting on social media making petitions <laughs> to make him a ring. That's Mav Carter that made it. Uh the snake squad. <laughs> the that, that was cutting. Karin, Jugo. What's the water what's guy? guy? What's the, yeah, what's the water, what's the water, water guy? guy? I forgot his name. I forgot his name. You guys know the water. <laughs> the water, you guys, the water guy. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, the water. <laughs> Can't do electricity. <laughs> it's got one of the swords. You know, you know, you know. All right, moving on. We got to talk about Kyrie because he's in the news a lot right now. I'm going to do Kyrie in three parts, a.k.a. WTF is he talking about? Number one, <laughs> Kyrie and LeBron. 
He said in a podcast, one thing I've always been comfortable with is, you know, I feel like I was the best option on every team I played for down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could be like, man, that bloop can make that shot too. What did, what did he say? That that Emmer effer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, what, what do you say there? Yeah. Or that, that effer. Okay. It's an ER. Or was this a, ER. was this a, okay. Oh, it is. It an must e- be. Or was it a racial, was it a racial word? Oh, oh maybe. <laughs> maybe. The word that we cannot so speak. So I guess he's not talking about Kyle, Kyle Korver. Hey, you know, it's not about that, okay? It's just it's just about it's like saying, oh, well, okay. I don't know. All right. <laughs> nice. Number 2, Kyrie in second part. Kyrie and Kenny Atkinson. He said, "I didn't get Kenny fired." And then he elaborated, and well, you be the judge. I want to give a shout out to Kenny Atkinson because some people came out and like, "Yo, Kai and Katie got Kenny fired." And look, that was completely false. Listen, Kenny was great for the group that he served, and I was very appreciative of what he was giving us throughout the season when we were playing. We always heard about how great Nash was, or saw how great Nash was as a player. But also, you get to know him as a person. You understand why he can coexist with us, because we don't need somebody to come in and put their coaching philosophy on everything we're doing (laughs) and change up the wheel. And, yo, you guys need to start doing this, and we start running on first day of practice. It's just like, no. (laughs) I want somebody. I need somebody. That's going to understand that I'm a human being first. Oh my I serve my community where I come from first. And then basketball is something I come and do every single day because I love it. And also I have the right ingredients and people around me to come in and do my job at a high level. I know that they will hold me accountable to that level. It's no disrespect to Kenny or any of the coaches I played with. It's just Steve coming in at this moment and then following up with putting together a great coaching core was going to make us more successful. Okay, what the <laughs> heck are you talking about, Kyrie? I mean, first of all, you just admitted that you got him fired, basically. <laughs> what the it's heck are you talking about? It's the same paragraph. <laughs> it's like, are you are you high? <laughs> like, like, I gotta just ask because this doesn't even make sense, Kyrie. I know you're smart. That's why. Like, I. What the heck? Because I look, I, this is what I don't like. Okay, I don't like when people treat Kyrie like when they assume he says certain things, or when they assume you know, assume things about him, basically. But this, if you're gonna criticize him for his actual statements, that's a hundred percent fair <laughs> because he's saying these things, and these are just dumb things to say. I I gotta say, like this is ridiculous. First of all, you admitted that you didn't like. What? You didn't like running on the first day of practice? <laughs> you didn't like somebody? You didn't like a coach coaching? Is that basically what you said? You didn't want some kind of offensive philosophy? Coaching philosophy on everything that we're doing? Bro, what do you think a coach is? That's what a coach does. He comes in and coaches. Like, what the heck do you think a coach is supposed to do? Kyrie, please. I mean. You're making it hard for Joe to defend you. And the cherry on top, Kyrie. <laughs> Number three, act three on coaching. Kyrie Irving said, I don't really see the Nets as having a head coach. We don't really need a head coach. This is after, you know, Steve Nash is already hired. Joe, all day or cray cray, Kyrie is the enlightened one and only sees basketball like the ancient one till the sentence. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, obviously this like Kyrie is crazy. <laughs> Kyrie, what's going on, man? Like who are you hanging out with? Like what's happening? What is happening? You got get You got to get away from these flat earthers. I mean, you know, I saw that Jubilee video. It was good. I understand. I, I get I get why you you can think that. But just this Kyrie, some of the things that you're saying are, are like definitionally incorrect. <laughs> like they are by definition. No, yeah. No. <laughs> no. You can't be the he- like when you say, oh, well, sometimes because I think the rest of that quote is like one day I can be the head coach or KD can yeah. be the head coach or like, no, no, no. There's one head coach by definition. That's his job. His job is to be the coach, the head coach. So even when people say like, oh, he's a coach on the court. Yeah, but not the head coach. <laughs> he could be the coach on the court. That's what that's what he could be. That's what you could be, maybe. But not the head coach. One person actually has that job. That's a real job. This is like saying, oh, yeah, you know, I don't really feel like we have an owner. Sometimes I could be the owner. Sometimes this guy could be the owner. Oh, I don't really feel like we have an equipment guy. One day I could be the equipment guy. One day that guy could. I, we don't really have a physical trainer. We don't really have doctors. He could be the doctor. I, no, that's not how it works. The people who have the jobs, that's their job. Your job is to be a basketball player. That's what's on your contract. That's what you get paid to do. It's not to redefine the jobs. And by the way, that is your job. So when you say, I want them to be a hum- treat me as a human being first. Yes. Okay. I agree with you. But that has nothing to do with whether or not you should run at practice <laughs> on the first day of practice. That's not what being a human being is about. Like if you're being mistreated or abused, there's sure. some kind of abuse of sure. power going on there. If there's something else going on, some kind of harassment sure. or whatever. Sure. If that's going on, that's legit. When your boss comes in and tells you, hey, I need you to do this. I mean, that's fine. Unless they are like forcing you to do it. I mean, if they're just saying this is the job and you signed a contract to do that job, then, hey, you got to do the job. (laughs) Like that is treating you like a human being. Are they not paying you, Kyrie? Are they not paying you millions of dollars? Are they being like, no, you got to do this or we're going to kill you? Like if that's what's going on then I understand they got to treat you as a human being. But otherwise, bro, you got to do your job, okay? Like, do the job. Part of the job is listening to the coach, doing what he says, understanding that there is a hierarchy, there is an order within organizations, and and just adhering to it. It, it. Like, this is just nuts. I was with him when he was talking about LeBron. Like, hey. You were the, you were the guy down the stretch. That was a true statement. Uh, and I get the shot that you took at LeBron. Like, oh, that guy, that guy can make it too. I mean, real just real quick on that before you continue. I just want to say, even even if I did agree, I kind of agree. I don't a hundred percent agree because I don't like the way that he yeah. said it. But even if I did agree generally with his sentiment. It's petty. It's petty. It's petty. He's in the finals right now, and you're nowhere. You're home. Like, just stay out of it. Like, why are you inserting inserting yourself into the situation? If you want to be that guy and take a shot, do it after you win the finals. You know what I mean? Like, do it when 
when you're in a post game interview or something. Like, like, like if when, you want to do it then. Like when they, they ask Kobe, what does five championships mean for you? He says, one more than Shaq. One more than Shaq. Or when Shaq did the rap after he won his fourth championship, right? It's like, go ahead, right? That's petty too, but that's a victory lack petty. If you want to do that, then that's at least relevant. You know, if you don't do it now. You haven't done anything, bro. Like you are already, your mouth has already cashed too many checks that, I mean, you've already written too many checks that your resume cannot cash. So you're already behind, <laughs> like you're in debt right now. This is not the time to do these kind of things. I understand, right? He's just, he's just talking. This, this is his swag talking. And I get that. He's on a podcast. I want to be honest. That's great. <laughs> Then be honest about Kenny Atkins. Hey, mm. I got him fired. I didn't like what he was trying to do here, right? He's two X's and O's. When we hired Steve Nash, he was more about flow offense. And I'm like, yeah, mm. me me and KD, we know how to play basketball. Me, KD, Spencer, Car- name all the guys. We're, we're, yeah. we're a flow offense, guys. We got really good basketball minds. We need someone that can help us channel that, channel that flow as opposed to Forcing us, boxing us into X's and O's. If he said that, respect. Hey, that's right. the truth. That's your truth. It's swag. Fine. But the LeBron comment with the KD comment combined with this comment combined with we don't need head coaches. I could be like, you just look out like outer space. <laughs> you just look way <laughs> out there. The, the thing is, too, this is like. I mean, Kyrie, you got to at least stick to a strategy. There's no strategy no. here. One, you just, you're shooting your shot at LeBron, right? Whatever, okay? Maybe that's, I don't know what the heck you're thinking, but whatever, okay? Look at this Kenny Atkinson and Steve Nash thing, though. First of all, he says, I didn't get him fired. Then he explains why he didn't like him. Then he says why he likes Steve Nash. But the other comment is basically, we don't need a head coach. <laughs> So then you're actually just saying you don't even need Steve Nash. So you you, you have set up no one to succeed in this situation. Correct. Like, like there is no strategy here. You know, that never works. <laughs> when you're all playing together, you're teamed up. It's Dota. You guys got no strategy. Everyone just does whatever they want. It, it never seems to work Dude, out. Co- come gank this guy. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I'm, I'm killing creeps right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cliff. I'm in the bottom killing creeps, okay? I don't know how to gank. I'm sorry. I'm not good at Dota. Let's get Roshan. Roshan? Right now? <laughs> I'm at Roche by myself. <laughs> oh, right dang now? It. Oh, dang it, I died. <laughs> dang it, dang it. He's too strong. Oh, my God. <laughs> dang it, dang it. The creeps got me. <laughs> They were too strong. The wrink, the wrinkle is though they're not sorry. They're like so good. That's true. But it's it's like a op carry that's like just trying to heal. It's like no, why are you healing? <laughs> attack! Just, just attack! Just carry auto attack. Who cares? I know. It's like nah, nah, nah. I got you it. it. I got you it. it. You do it. You do it. You do it. I'm gonna go back to base. I got you some potions. I'm going to go get potions. I'm going to go get potions and come back. It's like, what? We need you right now. No, no, no. I'll be back. I'll go potions. Just do it. Just handle it. Just handle it. 
Katie, can you just talk to him right now? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just I, doing my thing. I'm doing good. I got like, I got like 15 kills. <laughs> like 15 kills. No assists. He's like, yeah, but we, we, we lost half the base. But I'm, I'm doing good though. I'm doing good though. <laughs> 15 kills, three deaths. Pretty good. It's good. It's good numbers. <laughs> it's pretty good. Can't they argue. all feel. They all fear me. They're like, oh, don't go bottom. He's don't there go bottom. bottom. <laughs> no one has come bottom. Like, yeah, ever I since don't... I got that 15th kill, they all... I, I mean, I don't know. Can you tell Kyrie? Like, I, I mean, Kyrie he's... left the game like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just disconnected. Rage quit. That's what happened in where Boston. Is he? Where is he? I don't even know where he is. He's disappeared. <laughs> Dude, he did this last time <laughs> when he just fed the other team in Boston. He just ran up and just kept killing himself. Just ran up the middle. He had like three kills and 38 deaths. They asked him, why'd you do that? Just said, I should have done it more. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got up the middle more. <laughs> Kyrie, do you think that was a good move for your team? For your squad? No, I should have done it more. <laughs> you know it was a good idea to go one on four? I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm Luna, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> should have done it more. <laughs> but you died 38 times. Yeah, that just means I didn't, I didn't go enough. <laughs> oh, Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie. All right, Joe, we're going to clean this up with lightning round all day or cray-cray, starting with Doc Rivers landing in Philly. Rumor has it they will be offering Ben Simmons for the number one pick in Minnesota. Another rumor has it Ben and Embiid got away with whatever they wanted under Brett Brown, and now Doc Rivers is here to clean it all up. So, Joe, all day or cray-cray, Doc Rivers should ship Ben Simmons instead of working things out. Cray-cray. I think Doc Rivers, new coach, let's just see if it works. I think he should just... Try his system. Try giving these guys some discipline. Try um, fixing whatever's broken there. Obviously, he's a better coach than Brett Brown. He had his failings, but I think he can do a good job with this team. Can they win a championship? I don't think so, but maybe he can get them to that next level, and then they'll see kind of what to do at that point. Yeah, I'm also going to go cray cray here. You don't trade, you know, dollars for freaking 50 cents pieces, you know? (laughs) Uh, like you know what you have probably you, quarters. I mean, because you I know what you have in Ben Simmons. You know what you have. You're gonna trade him for Lamelo. Like <laughs> I don't know, man. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. And I think the other thing though that is interesting is Doc Rivers kind of seems like he's like a players' coach mm. and gets everyone to work together, right? But recent track history says Kawhi and PG, that Clippers team didn't really have good chemistry. The Clippers with CP3, Blake, and DeAndre, everyone hates CP3. That's true. They all Ray Allen, hate each other, yeah. Ray Allen, KG, Paul Pierce, Rondo, they hate Ray Allen. I mean, maybe that's not his doing, but, you know, they hate him. And it's kind of like, maybe he's not that good at bonding people together. <laughs> that's interesting. That's an angle that people haven't really talked about. But, yeah, it seems like that evidence is there. I wonder how that's going to work for Philly. Doesn't seem to bode well for them. French Open is in the quarterfinals, I believe. All day or cray-cray, Nadal will win his 13th French Open and tie Rogers' 20 Grand Slam record. 
I mean, you know I got to go all day on this one. Nadal, my boy, he did not play in the U.S. Open. Uh, by the way, congrats to team. Dominic team got his Ooh. first uh, Grand Slam title. Of course, no Nadal and Djokovic famously got <laughs> disqualified. But... And it's weird that the French Open is even happening right now. It's so strange. But yeah, it's after the U.S. Open. That's so yeah. weird. When it started, I was like, what the heck? Like, why is the French Open yeah. happening right now? But, you know, obviously because of COVID. Um, yeah, but Nadal's looking good. I was actually uh, – so, so far, he has won all his matches in straight sets. Yep. And he's pretty much been destroying people. Yep. <laughs> I think the best anyone did – was in the first round, round yeah, where he went four four and two, and after that's one oh three one four zero one one two. He's just he's crushing, and so team I think will be a challenge if they meet. But I I gotta give it to Rafa. Death taxes and Rafa Nadal at the French Open. <laughs> that's something you can guarantee. This is all day for anyone saying that Nadal has something to be concerned about. Team, let me tell you, Rafa has lost twenty three games this entire tournament thus far. Team lost twenty four in his most recent five set matchup. Yeah, that was a close one. There's, <laughs> it's gonna it's, be domination. He's he might unplayed. lose one set, and that would shock me. All right, MLB playoffs is going. Joe, all day or cray-cray after Dave Roberts and the Dodgers beat Milwaukee. Are you confident? All day or cray-cray? Dave Roberts will lead the Dodgers to the World Series again. All day. All Mm. day. I already said, Dodgers, we're doing it. This is the year. This is the time. We have the motivation. We got the squad. Mookie freaking bets. Is a beast. I love that guy. And he has fixed he's us. He's so good. He has fixed us because he's good. He's clutch. It's he's exactly what we needed. Yeah, he's the heart and soul of our team. And he takes the pressure off of... Because, like, Bellinger and Muncy aren't even hitting well right now. But no. takes the pressure off of them. You know, basically, it's like bonus. You know, and... He's always on base. <laughs> he's just amazing. Yeah, he puts the pressure on the defense, like, constantly. So... I love it. I am a little concerned about Kenley, but maybe you could talk about that. Okay. You know, we everyone has their feelings about Dave Roberts, but I'm going all day here because he benched Kenley. <laughs> After a disastrous outing that yeah. somehow ended favorably. He, he collected the save. He's pretty lucky, man. He gets pretty lucky. <laughs> he walked a batter, threw seven balls and nine strikes, and most strikingly scary, pun intended, he averaged an 88-mile-per-hour fastball. Fastball! Yeah, he had an 86 in there, right? Which was like, And he had an 86. <laughs> he had an 86-mile-per-hour fastball. Most change-ups Man. are 86 miles per hour. Down from 91 during the season. It's bad, but he actually benched him. You know, he didn't commit True. to anything, but he said, you know, I'll put him in situations that seem to work. Right. And, and so he, and he's, he gave him the confidence after, right? Like in the post game, he's like, no, nah, you know, Kenley's the guy, but <laughs> we see that thankfully maybe he is uh, thinking a little clearer. Last, the Nets, the aforementioned Nets with Kyrie and KD and way off P are having some kind of marriage right now. 
Rumors have been swirling about the Clippers and Kawhi as being the only untouchable person, and we'll see how long that lasts. But the Nets have been blatant about their interest in Paul George. Joe, all day or cray cray, this is a real offer I think that's out there. The Nets should trade Spencer, Karras, and Jared Allen for Paul George. Ah, uh, the Nets. How? How? How is this happening? This is like... I feel like I'm watching an episode of like Black Mirror because it's one of those things where you watch it and you know it's always this kind of predictable disaster. There's always a twist, right? But it's like you feel it. You feel the tension and it's just like, "Oh gosh, no. This this can't end well. There's no way this can end well." Why? Why would you be going? And that's what I think when I watch these episodes. I'm like, "Why? How did you let society get like this?" Nets what happened? What's going on here? Steve Nash, Kyrie, KD, and and way off P? This is your squad? This is the squad? No. You got no one to do dirty work. You have no leaders on this team. You don't have a single leader on this team. You don't... You, who is going to... And then you got a rookie head coach coming in here who doesn't even have championship experience? I mean, you have completely taken away his power. This is going to be a disaster. There's no garbage men. There's no enforcers. Who's going to be on this team to do any of the dirty work? And then you got... Uh, by the way, all three of these guys are injury risks. <laughs> mm. This this is just a complete... This is a train barreling into another train. <laughs> Not a train. This is a maglev. This is a this is a, a bullet train flying into another bullet train. It's gonna be a, a beautiful disaster. Everything you love about the Brooklyn Nets, you're trading away basically. Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Lavere are really the, the guys. They're the culture. They are the culture. They are the culture. Jer I'd say Jared Allen too. Maybe throw in Jared Allen. Right. Yeah, they're they're basically gonna throw throw away those three people. I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you would do that. It's better to have a complete roster than whatever superstar team you think you're putting together. But I got to give credit to Sean Marks, though. Like, regardless of, like, what I think about this trade, if they do get playoff P and their roster is indeed Kyrie, Paul George, KD, and DeAndre Jordan – when he took over the team of Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, Thaddeus Young, Jarrett Jack, Bojan Bogdanovic, and no draft picks, mm. and he turned it into this in yeah. four years, that's okay. That's pretty remarkable. That's remarkable. That is remarkable. Hey, props, but this is going to be It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster, but if you just read those names... Like, and you're an owner, you got to be like, wow, you really pulled through. Real quick. Let's just do this real quick. What do you think Kyrie's career is from now? It's not good. I don't, I don't, I don't think he wins another ring. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think so either. What do you think he'll be like? What will be his legacy though? Do you know what I mean? Better than Stefan Marbury and Steve Francis, but in the same vein. 
incredibly talented dude, but personality just got in the way. Do you think he will be considered like an underachiever? He should be. Absolutely. Those guys were. Oh, I mean, they were. I mean, he has a championship already, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, even now, they don't credit him. That's true. It's like, it's all LeBron. Yeah, and he's doing himself no favors by... (laughs) He's not... Just... This is like when Stefan Marbury went crazy and got a tattoo on his head. And, and he was eating Vaseline. So real yeah. quick, okay, one other thing. Okay, then how is he going to respond when this falls apart next year? That is a good question. Will he attack everybody? Yeah, is he going to just try to run away again? You know, like, what's he going to do? Like, because I'm really wondering. Obviously, I think I think Kyrie has, like, top five level talent yes but he just has never looked in the mirror it seems like like this guy has never taken a hard look in the mirror and just been like you know let me really think about like let me take some responsibility right for what has happened to me you know because i don't think it's all been his fault and i do agree that the media has kind of unfairly treated him but and maybe not giving him credit. But if it was Kobe, basically, who was in Kyrie's situation, and he was right because of Shaq, right? He was more like, and he he did a little bit of what Kyrie did because he kind of blew it up. But he wasn't talking out there. He wasn't yeah. making excuses out there. He was like, "I'm gonna do it on the court. I'm gonna destroy people on the court." Right. You know what I mean. And we've seen a little bit of that from Kyrie, but I feel like I he's not doing enough of like in the gym, you know, in the off season, like silently. Yeah, because just... he doesn't want to run, <laughs> you know, just preparing. Like that's very concerning for somebody who has Kyrie's injury history. It's like this guy should be working out every day. Like this guy should be training his body so he's not getting hurt anymore during seasons. Not putting up these random social media posts. And so I really hope after next season, when they fail miserably, <laughs> that Kyrie like disappears and goes into the training montage. You know what I mean? Like goes to the mountains and just trains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Puts up a picture of LeBron James on the mirror and just... <laughs> And Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, and just starts running up mountains, right? Like, and outrunning cars. Like, that's, and he's like, and he, and he comes back in a podcast and he's like, Kenny, I love running now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I do it first thing every morning. It only took a trip to Siberia to get it out of me. Like, I, I really hope that, cause I think, I think it will be such a, a waste if Kyrie never unlocks that. If, if Sean Marks is smart, smart. He'll fill out the rest of the roster with Udonis Haslam's. How good was that guy's speech, dude? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy's awesome. That awesome. these are those are the types of guys that they need to fill out the rest of the roster. Yeah. It, it's the if you're not your best player is not going to be the leader, the rest of your locker room has to lead then. Right. And so you got to get all of that bad juju out. And just put all the good guys there that'll put their arm around him and be like, dude, bro, not like this. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's yet to be seen, but I, man, 
He do he doesn't look like he's got his head screwed on right. Man, it's just it's just sad, man. I wonder if KD looks at him and he's like, "Come on, man." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I I think this will be a big test for KD as a leader. We'll see. Yeah, because he will at some point have to talk to Kyrie. Because like I bet I bet he does see that, but he's like, uh, it's not my place to say anything. He's very hands off. Yeah, I mean his his personality, and you've heard it from just everything he says, is very just like you know, just let people be. I think because yeah. he wants that's what he wants people to do with him. Yeah, but he's gonna learn at some point that that just doesn't work. Got to have the tough conversations. Yeah, I mean, if you care about somebody and if you want to have some chemistry and succeed together. You're going to have to keep each other accountable. You're going to have to actually just, yeah, like you especially said. Especially as colleagues. Especially as colleagues. Yeah. Like, okay, how are we going to make this thing happen if we're not talking to each other? Or if we ignore the tension or ignore bad habits? Yeah. It doesn't work. You got to have some kind of, you know, constructive criticism. Even if it's constructive and you say it in a, in a good way. But you got to say something, right? You got to say something. Or else it's just going to be bad. <laughs> well, it's going to be bad. And three, pa- like, PG, I mean, PG, KD, Kyrie, three passive-aggressive guys who are all kind of introverts who are, like, I wonder what their Myers-Briggs, <laughs> like, things are. But it would just be, uh, it's it's going to be, oh, man. My favorite is way off piece game seven speech. It's like <laughs> just where he tried to step up. I mean, you know, all these guys hate leading. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Kyrie can't lead. He didn't want to lead. KD hates that. He doesn't want that pressure. It was always Russ. And then when he went to Golden State, it was always, <laughs> you know, Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, like the other guys, Draymond. Yeah. And then you put him and Kyrie together. Already we think that's bad. Paul George literally left Indiana because he didn't want to lead. That's like literally the reason that he left. He didn't want to be a leader. <laughs> it's just, I mean, oh gosh. This is, what, what is this? I, I'm trying to, I was trying to think of something. With all three of those guys together? Yeah, it's like the worst you know what I mean? Like like a superhero team or a – I'm even trying to think of like those disastrous I, – I think it's like Arrested Development. It's like the Bluths without Michael Michael Bluth. Mm. It's, it's, it's Job. Just a, it's, a, it's Job. <laughs> it's, it's Tobias. Job, <laughs> Tobias, and Buster. <laughs> All are great characters. <laughs> They're very good at entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need michael bluth <laughs> you need somebody or you need you need george michael senior or you need you know you or or george michael Someone like, you need somebody throw directions out <laughs> yeah. they throw directions out or lucille like you need somebody who's a leader <laughs> who's who's doing something <laughs> just can't have all followers it just doesn't work Unfortunately not. All right. That was All Day or Cray Cray. We'll be back with our two for the road after this. All right. We are back with our two for the road. We are rebranding our two for the couch because everyone is still on the couch. 200 
and ten Gosh. days into the quarantine oh process. Gosh. Ugh. Joe, what is your one for the couch? So my one for the couch, this is random, right? But Google recently had an event where they introduced the Google Pixel 5, which is coming out at the end of October. Uh, I am pretty excited about this phone because it's probably going to be my next phone. Um, I've had a Google Pixel 2 XL for like two years. And um, this is, it's like a good phone phone. Not quite top spec, but it's a little bit cheaper. It's kind of aiming at that mid-tier market. Um, very good for somebody like me. You know, I like to uh, save a little bit of money, but I like my text to be good and functional. And um, I love my Pixel 2 XL. But the reason I want to talk about this is because... So they're releasing two phones, Cliff. And one okay. is called the Google Pixel 5. Okay. The other phone they're releasing is called the Google Pixel 4a 5G. What? <laughs> Which is the stupidest name that a phone could possibly have. Google, why do you do these stupid things? Just, just, who's, who's on your team that does these dumb things? See, because I have the Google Pixel 2 XL, and I love this phone. It was actually probably the best phone of its generation, mm. right, of that generation. Better than the iPhone of that generation. Better than the Samsung of that generation. It was the best phone of that generation, right? The next phone they made, the Google Pixel 3 XL, had a ginormous notch. It had a huge notch at the top which was just hideous. People made tons of fun of it, and they did it to include a wide-angle selfie camera. Stupid. Nobody cares about that, right? And then the Google Pixel 4 XL, when all the other, cam when all the other phones were doing a wide-angle camera, which is great, everybody wants that, they did a telephoto lens, which nobody cares about, right? You should have done the wide-angle lens. And then they made the Google Pixel 4a, which is great. It's a budget phone and it's fine. Everything about it is like $350. Great phone. Google, why did you call this phone the 4A 5G? That's so dumb. You could have called the Google Pixel 5 and then you could have called the cheaper one the 5A. You could have called the cheaper one the Google Pixel 5 and you could have called the better one the Google Pixel 5 Pro. You could have gotten, you could have gotten 5 and 5S. You could have done 5 and 5 Plus. You could have done 5G and 5G Plus. You guys are so dumb. Why don't you have somebody in the room who's just like Pixel 4a 5G? That's dumb. <laughs> that is the most confusing name I've ever heard. You just need to hire some regular dude off the street who listens to you guys do these pitches and just says, that's dumb. Giant notch. That's dumb. Telephoto instead of a wide angle lens. That's dumb. Nobody wants that. 4a 5G. That's the dumbest name I've ever heard. I will do that job. It requires no time at all. I will look at you and just look at the one thing you do dumb every single time. This time, this is it. And tell you it's dumb. <laughs> Please stop doing that. Just do the obvious thing. Like, do I don't the, know. Do the Apple thing. Do the obvious thing. Call it a pro. Call it a plus. Call it an S. Who cares? Keep it simple. And the numbers go up. That's it. It's just, it's too simple for Version them. 1. Stop version 10. Stop Kyrieing this. <laughs> Keep no it simple. strategy. Just no naming strategy. What are you doing? Uh, 
Anyway, that's my one for the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, it's random, but I just that is I very random. Rant. It's, it's that passion was there because I, I might there. buy this. Actually, I might buy this phone. Uh huh. The four eight five G. Four eight five G. And I'm just gonna be mad because of all the things that I would hate about this phone, it's gonna be that if anybody asks me what phone I have. Yeah, what phone do you have? <laughs> I have the uh, Google Pixel four eight five G. That's a long name. That's a long name. Oh gosh, it makes you just sound so, just sound so noob. Anyways, <laughs> Cliff, what's your one for the couch? My one for the couch is news came out today that Jared Smith, the president of Ticketmaster, is resigning. And so I, I used to work at Live Nation Ticketmaster, and, you know, he was a big part. I think he had a huge amount of revenue that he brought in. I think last year he sold like 500 million tickets. So there, there's been crazy amounts of furloughs and layoffs because the concert industry is crippled, obviously, because of COVID. Like one of the businesses that really just got hampered. Mm. And I think it's, you know, people might forget that COVID is still happening, even though the president of the United States just got COVID and his entire staff. And, uh, you know, people are starting to eat out a lot more. You know, restaurants have figured out how to have outdoor seating and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And all of that is great. And it's awesome. And I guess life is somewhat, you know, getting back to normal. Maybe it's it's not 100%, but maybe it's like 65% or 70%. But at least for the concert industry, it's really kind of just crippled them to, you know, it just decimated them. I think, uh, a ton of people that were on the team I was on uh, have just all been laid off, furloughed, something like that. So mm-hmm. now, now with the news of Jared Smith, I think, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't think he would be one of the ones to go, but I, that just shows how dire the situation is for them. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, hearts out to them, uh, prayers out to them. And I think, you know, they're doing everything they can. They even have drive-in concerts where they you know you park your cars but obviously that's not like nowhere near the revenue that an a, a arena or a stadium could bring in with the number of people so uh i think just a little reminder that you know people are still looking for jobs people are still jobless out there mm. so you know just keep it in mind keep people in your prayers and your thoughts and uh you know for those that do have jobs like be grateful for what you have and uh you know Maybe these times are still dark times, but, you know, there is the bright side of things always to, to look to. So that's my uh, one for the couch. Mm. Yes. Hearts out to anyone out there who is struggling, going through tough times. Hopefully the pod can give you a little bit of <laughs> relief, help you get through it a little bit. That's, that's part of the reason we do it. That's why we do it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate, give us five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This is SBR with Clement Joe. Peace. Peace.